Remind me again. Why are we here? Byron Wooten, Earl of Oakley, took a fortifying gulp of his whiskey and nudged his chair closer to the fire. Castles were notoriously difficult to heat, but it was bloody freezing at Finnevere. He knew his uncle was short on funds, but surely something could have been done about the Arctic breeze that ran like a snake through the sitting room. I believe you left a woman at the altar, his cousin Robin said with an arched brow. We were a month away from the wedding, Byron shot back, perfectly aware that he had risen, or rather descended, to Robin's bait. As well you know. He might have pointed out that he'd caught his fiancée in the arms of her dancing master, but really, what was the point? Robin knew the whole story already. As for me, Robin said, leaning forward to rub his hands together near the fire, I'm here for the food. Anyone else might have taken it as the dry repost Robin had intended it to be, but Byron knew better. With nothing to his name but a defunct French title, Robert Parle, Robin to everyone but his mother, quite likely had come to Vinavere for the food. A rush of cold air hit Byron in the face, and he bit off a curse. Did someone leave a window open? he asked, scowling as he glanced around the room. The sun had gone down hours before, taking with it its pathetic delusion of warmth. Byron stomped to his feet and crossed the room to inspect the windows. Several were cracked. He peered out into the worsening storm. Was someone out there? No, no one would be so mad as to. What happened to Uncle Taron? Byron asked suddenly. Hmm? Robin had let his head loll against the back of his chair. He did not open his eyes. I haven't seen him since supper, have you? Robin snorted and sat up straighter. You missed the show. After you went off to God knows where. The library, Byron muttered. Taron got up on the table in his kilt. And let me tell you, Robin gave a shudder. That is not a kilt one cares to peer under. He got up on the table, Byron could not help but echo. It was outlandish, even for Uncle Taron. Robin gave a one-shouldered shrug. Some of his liegemen came to drink with him after supper, and the next thing I knew, he was on the table, thumping his chest and raving about the glories of the past, when men were men and Scottish men were thrice as manly. Then he called for his claymore, and the whole lot of them disappeared. You didn't think to ask them where they were going, because that was the first thing Byron would have demanded. Robin met his eyes with the barest hint of amusement. No. Byron started to comment, but he was cut off by the welcome sound of their uncle, bellowing outside the castle. Speak of the devil, Byron said with some relief. Their uncle was a bosky nuisance, but neither of them wanted to find him face down in a snowdrift. Best go drag him to the fire and thaw him out, Robin said, putting down his glass. Garvey says we're in for a three-day blow. They left the great hall and pushed open the huge front door, where they discovered a small clutch of their uncle's clansmen milling about the keep, thumping their chests and clapping one another on the back. They wore full highland kit, kilts and fur cloaks, and the torches they carried sputtered beneath a thickening snowfall. 
Taran stood at their center, grinning like a madman. God, look at all those knees, Robin murmured. Whose carriage is that? Byron asked, peering at a gleaming black vehicle drawn up just where the torchlight gave way to darkness.